Hello and welcome to Loving Your Garden with me, Rod Whiting, and our regular gardening guru, John Sterland. So this week we're discussing one of the most important products you'll use in your garden, fertiliser. And John demystifies the gobbledygook on the myriad of different boxes on the shelves of your local garden centre. NPK 777. Seven parts nitrogen, seven parts phosphate, seven parts potash. Leaf nitrogen. So dried blood is a quick-acting and nitrogen fertiliser as well as great for making black pudding. We'll also look at a couple of winter plants to grab before they go and we answer your gardening questions. But let's start with a simple explainer on feeding your plants. We did go into sort of preparation last week, didn't we? And um, I thought it would just be nice to mention just a little bit about fertilisers because sometimes I go into a garden centre and people are looking at the fertilisers on a rack and they look pick a box up and uh, you can tell they don't really know what they're looking at. We don't want to get too technical about it. So I'll just say basically the first thing is this two main types of inorganic fertilisers, compound fertilisers, that's where you get two or more elements on the side of the packet or you that's what you get in the box so it might be naught 15 15 or naught 14 14 21 something like that the three elements are nitrogen phosphate and potash right so let's take grow more very simple you go into garden center by grow more if you look at it it's npk 777 seven parts nitrogen seven parts phosphate seven parts potash now you get others say you're growing potatoes which are swollen stems and you want quite a lot of potash in there some phosphate and nitrogen as well so a, gr- a good uh, potato fertilizer would be something like 14 14 21 14 nitrogen 14 phosphate 21 potash so these are what these are what we get they're called compound fertilizers pelleted chicken manure is a good straightforward one like grow more set that's 777 chicken manure is pretty similar actually around 777 so you get in a little bit of each and compound fertilizers are great to put on there a couple of weeks before you sow in seeds or you're planting plants, it gives them time, being as they're insoluble, it gives them time to break down, the rain comes, takes them in, and when you put your plants in, they're ready. The roots get out and they find this wonderful, these wonderful nutrients and get going straight away. That is is really good. The others, like dried blood, there we are, look, look at that, that's dried blood. And there we've got superphosphate. Superphosphate is 17.5. That's it. No N, 17.5 phosphate, no potash. And they're great if you're growing parsnips or something like that. Good. And you want good roots because phosphate is great for roots. Then you can give them that as once they've grown so you'd start off with a compound fertilizer later on you can give them a bit of a boost with superphosphate there is triple superphosphate as well which is 40 odd percent so just be careful it can be strong but you wouldn't use as much of course because it's triple dried blood 
that's high nitrogen. So, for instance, if you've got your cabbages going with your grow more and you get to August and think, oh, I'm, you know, they're not looking perhaps too great. Or when you think about it, it's that great big ball of leaf. That's all it is. Leaf, nitrogen. So dried blood is a quick acting and nitrogen fertilizer as well as great for making black pudding. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you've got um, something like sulfate of potash, which I often mention. There we are. There's a bit of sulfate potash. That's great for plant health, any plants, for plant health and um, fruit and flowers. So this is what we're trying to do. And as you get to know your, your soil, you'll soon find out, you know, really what you need. Last year, I put lots of herbaceous perennials in my the new garden. And I, I thought, I'll give them some fertilizer. And some of them really grow a bit too much. I like them to struggle that little bit because I think things flower better when, they, when they're struggling. Just a touch. Not... Not too much struggling. So um, this year, I won't give them any nitrogen. But what I will do, I'll give them some sulfate of potash. And that will in won't encourage the growth, but it'll encourage the flower. Um, now, just look. Always remember, I always tell people about the soil pH as well, whether your soil's acid or alkaline. And whenever you sulfur, sulfate, based on sulfur, so whenever you use that, you are reducing the pH of your soil all the time. It's not massive, but it slowly does bring the pH down. And does that um, make it more or less acid for people? That, that makes it the pH, a lower pH is acid. And that mm. makes it more acid. And also putting manure in. If you dig manure in regularly, that manures are normally slightly acid so you've got to be careful there the one one i haven't mentioned is bone meal I was now, gonna I'm, say. Not, I'm not a big fan of bone meal it's um phosphate um but if you ever remember time team rod they dig a grave up from two thousand years and if it was on alkaline soil there'd be nothing there'd be you know they'd get a good bone you know the skeleton would be wonderful well, the bone hasn't broken down because it tends not to. And if you are on alkaline soil, it's worth not using bone meal, but using bone flour if you can get it, because that's even finer and that will break down a lot easier. On time team, again, you dig into an acid soil and they found nothing because the acid had got rid of all the bones. So, again, I mean, you don't have to worry too much. And a lot of bone meal around your roots can also burn them as well. So do be careful. What about blood, fish and bone? Is that a more balanced it, uh, it fertilizer? Is. Yes, it is. It's blood, fish. That you've got the blood, nitrogen, the yeah. fish giving you, and the bone giving you phosphate and potash. But, mm. you know, some people are, do worry a little bit about it. It's fish and bone. I don't like the idea, in a way, of fishing purely for fertilizer, for particularly for the amateur garden. I'd rather leave them to the puffins, you know, the little sand eels, because that's what they, they use. They mm. go fishing for sand eels. That's guillemots, razor bills, 
puffins. I know, you know, some people look. I do gardening to relax, not to get stressed up about, you know, the the um, environment. But it is something I do think about. Yes, I'll just mention as well. Of course, you've got then your complete plant foods, which are soluble. Miracle Grow Fostogen. You know, I'm a Fostogen fan. Yeah, and this has got. You can see down the bottom, nitrogen. It's got nitrogen. You, you can't see the actual, but nitrogen, phosphate, and potash, and all these on this side are trace elements. And you put that in water, feed your plants, and straight away they're getting boron, zinc, manganese, and things like that. So it's handy if you know a deficiency or to prevent deficiencies. You can give your plants a booster. And it's great for containers, hanging baskets and things yeah. like that as well. And very often the plants will give you clues if they're lacking yes. in something, won't they? Oh, oh, absolutely, yes. You know, if they're going reddy brown between veins, reddy brown on veins, that all means different things. Even I can't remember at the moment, but, you know, uh, yellow around the edges and this sort of thing is telling you uh, quite a lot. And there's some great books. I love Doc Doc Essians, you know, be your own expert yeah. books. If you can find those in an old, I, actually, I think they're still printed. Yeah, um, I'm sure so they if are. You, I think they are. So if you can get one of those, they really are good. Be your own fruit expert, yeah. but be your own garden expert. The first one has got loads of information about getting to know your soil, which to me, is one of the most important things to know about your soil. And they so, are, Rod. There's my sulfur chips. <laughs> so that means if you've got an alkaline soil and you want to you want to uh, grow some acid plants, if you put some sulfur chips in, that will help. Y- yes. I mean, it will help. It won't just make it, oh, that's it. They're, they're sorted. But mm. if you've got a, for something that likes a neutral soil or alkaline, or you've got a neutral soil and something likes it a little bit more acid. Like a then of course, acid rain, sulfur. Can you remember they used to say, yeah. oh, acid rain bringing sulfur down that comes out these power stations and yeah. factories? Yeah. Well, that is what it does. And the chips slowly release sulfur, and they'll work over a couple of years. And, of course, that will help your plants. If you've got a pH of eight, don't try putting roadies in, even with peat in, and and then sticking this on because the alkalinity will eventually come back. It always yeah. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah a and, bit like um, clay, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> lime never goes up, but it, uh, lime is a fertilizer as well. We mustn't forget. Um, okay, we'll just mention lime. That is a fertilizer, and usually in a rotation for vegetables, we'll put it on before brassicas. And we put it on the surface because lime never comes upwards. It only ever goes down. So you don't dig it in. You put it on the surface um, a few months after you've used manures and things like that. Uh, David Stevens uh, says, Dave Hesse and always sends me signed copies. I, yeah, I, yes, definitely. All mine are signed as well. Oh, yes, wow. as John knows, yes. I think my first one was two and six. It, it probably is. Yes, and um, it's fantastic. You go back to some of them, the old ones, and some of the chemicals that they used to use, you cannot get anymore. But, um, you know, the basic information is still 
wonderful. It really is. It, they're wonderful. Doc Hessian, Dave Hessian, Doc Hessian is one of the most read gardeners in the world. You, you know, he's still alive. He's st- uh, yes, 90, yes. 93. Yeah, is, he, is he really? Yeah, 93. Oh, bless. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he'll be writing anymore, but absolutely top man. Top man. Paula Routledge uh, with us as well. Oh, evening, Paula. Paula. Hi, Paula. Good evening, Digger. <laughs> that was my name at college. Yeah, I guessed. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is Brian asking us a question here. What's the shelf life of your slow release fertilizer that you were talking about? Oh, if you so long as you it's usually in a plastic bottle or in a box in a plastic bag. And so long as you keep it dry. It um, it's got an indefinite shelf life, really. Oh, really? It's, yes, it's really good. And the other point, if you're using peat or peat base or peat-free compost, don't firm them. You need air in that that peat or peat-free material as much as you do water. So whenever I prick uh, uh, things off, I just fill a pot, tap it, just tap it down, strike it off and um, pop my seedling in there. Um, just, should we just mention a couple of plants that uh, you might see around in the garden centres? I've noticed um, a, a couple of them, actually, that I thought, oh, shall I, shall I? It's very tempting to, to get something so that it's established for next winter. Yeah, uh, ham- Hamamelis was one, but I think yeah. it's going to be uh, a little bit big for my garden, so I was nearly tempted, but that that's quite It'll take a long time to get big, Rod, but they do like it slightly acid, and good and good drainage but i think if you really wanted one if you if your soil was neutral i think you'd be able to grow one particularly with a few sulfur chips in there <laughs> i know panettia is another one uh, gulteria uh, panettia um, but that d- definitely is an acid lover isn't yeah, it yeah that 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 is an acid lover yes i mean i was going to mention hamamelis because it is a fantastic plant very spidery as, yeah. you, as you know, and, um, but a stunner. And, of course, in the winter, when you've got this poor – I mean, the sun isn't going to burn anything off. You know, in the, on a sunny day in summer, you know, you can hardly stand out. Well, your plants have to stand out in that. So if they're flowering, they're soon burnt off. In winter, oh, it's it's fantastic for them. And um, they'll last eight, nine, eight, nine weeks. Hamamelis will flower for – eight or nine weeks, no problem at all. The other one I was going to mention was uh, the shrubby honeysuckles, Lonicera fragrantissima, and there's one or two others as well. There's nothing blousy about the winter flowers, but very often they are a wonderful aroma. And you think of the uh, Christmas box, absolutely gorgeous smell. But the na- it's in the name, isn't it? Lonicera fragrantissima, mm. fragrance. So you'll get weeks of, you know, you walk down the garden and you, and actually it's quite a nice, it's quite a nice little flower, but the aroma is absolutely wonderful. And for a smaller uh, plant, uh, skimmias are definitely worth looking at, aren't they? But you, you've got male and females, which um, can be a bit... Uh, um, yes, there's a lovely male, skimmia rubella, yes. which is a male, which is so fantastic that they use that just as a winter flower for putting in a container. Skimmia, is it Reevesiana, I think is an actual male and female. 
So yes. um, you can get berries on that as well. Yeah. But there are some lovely ones. Again, they do like it well-drained. They do like it slightly acid. There's some wonderful winter plants. Of course, the hellebores. I did mention that I planted another one um, yeah, this week. Yeah, I've got one to plant. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Oh, I went to uh, I went to the, this little plant nursery, and they got a glass house full all different colours. I says, "How much for the lot?" But um, you know, it would have been a few thousand pounds. But um, <laughs> they are lovely, and it, they they're great for planting under deciduous. Yeah, um, because obviously, when the leaves are off, they've got the stage, and when in summer. When the leaves come on your deciduous plants, they're protected from the sun because they don't like summer sun on them. So, uh, yeah, and a bit of a mulch with a with a bit of garden compost. Bob's your uncle. They'll go for years. And there's some cracking ones now, the doubles and things like yeah. that. They're even trying to, to to develop them now that where the faces sit so you don't have to bend down and – yeah, you know, well, it's a lot like look. that now. That they, 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 they show their flowers at the top rather than yeah. hiding. Yes, they do. Right. Okay. Let's get to. Let's just finish off with a couple of questions then, and I think we'll be done. Right. Um, so Frank says, I'm thinking about a new large back patio and paths done in porcelain slabs. I know David Stevens will have something to say about that. Oh, porcelain, yeah. wonderful. If it's you know in the right situation, I mean, we can't get David out to go and have a look and tell him whether it's right or not. The thing is with those sort of things, Rod, and it and it is good. They're great for all year round. If in winter, they're not porous, so they don't take any water in. So mm. you aren't going to get any problems with freezing and breaking and things like that. Um, and in the right situation. To me, they look um, they look fabulous when they're done properly. Yeah, yeah, and it's got the right design and everything. Right, John. Thank you very much indeed for your time. It's okay, a and uh, I hope you have a good week's gardening, folks. I think it's going to be too bad this week. A little bit of rain, hopefully. I was so grateful to see a bit of rain last night. It's been yes, so we, dry. After what we had before Christmas, I'm not going to start complaining now that we need more. <laughs> No, be careful what you ask for. Be careful yes, what you wish exactly. for. Exactly, yeah. yeah. All right. Brilliant. Well, thanks okay, very much indeed, John. Uh, all the best, Good gardeners. Week. Have a great week and uh, see you next week. All the best. Bye, folks. And if you'd like to be part of Loving Your Garden, just search for us on Facebook and join the group. Be inspired by great gardeners like John Sterland, floral arranger Paula Routledge, renowned garden designer David Stevens, and thousands of brilliant gardening members from all over the world. And a heads up for a special guest next week, we have professional gardener, author, and well-being practitioner, Annabelle Padwick, founder of Life at Number 27, about how gardening has literally been a lifesaver for so many, especially over the past two years. She'll be a wonderful guest. That's next week's episode of Loving Your Garden podcast. Until next week. <laughs>